0: Welcome to the Seth Campbell podcast. This show is to equip you with real world tactics to improve your leadership skills, build your wealth, and cause you to leave a multi generational impact on your world. My name is Seth Campbell. I'm your host. I'm excited to be with you as we enter the final weeks of the year 2021. I hope you're ready for 2022. Uh, this is episode 14, Most Leaders Misunderstand Advancement. Most Leaders Misunderstand Advancement. And this is going to be a little bit different than what most people would expect me to talk about or hear from me. I'm going to talk about the fact that a lot of us really misunderstand advancing, climbing the ladder, most of us have it backwards. It's, it's something about, I think it's something about the Western culture where advancement, climbing the ladder, so much is given to that. And so much of our uh, culture is centered around the fact that we should be doing that. We, we should be advancing. And there's all kinds of stigma around those who decide not to or want to stay in certain places for whatever reason. And what most people fail to understand is, Truly the pyramid in business is upside down. It, it's not the pyramid we think. So in other words, I'm saying that the, the point of the pyramid is actually on the bottom, not the top. Now we can look at an organizational chart. Most organizational charts, you know, it's the shape of a pyramid. That's why we, we kind of use the, the pyramid analogy and leaders up at the top. And as organization gets bigger, you know, it gets wider across the bottom, all the way down to, you know, the entry level person. And one person at the top is kind of funneling down decisions and power down to all the people at the bottom and superstars, you know, they start wherever in the bottom or in the middle and they climb their way to the top. And while it's certainly that way on paper, that's true. It's not the, it's not really how business works in real life. It's not really how organizations or work teams or groups work in real life. It's correct on paper, and it's fine if your org charts look that way. I'm not saying go flip your org charts upside down. Although some organizations do that, what I'm saying is, in practice, in reality, it's a little bit different. and And let's kind of break this down. I'll just throw you some examples, and then I'm going to give you some very tactical things. So you're going to want to, as always on this podcast, take some notes, get a pen and paper if you have it. I'm going to give you some one two threes and, and some action steps. Now, first, though, let's kind of Let's let's break down the thought process, the idea here of, of my point, so to speak. There's a lot of examples out there, if you really think about it. One of my favorite examples out there around this, and, and it hits each one of them kind of hits from different angles, is John Maxwell, one of the most prolific leadership authors of, of our generation. He's got a saying, I'll never forget, is about climbing the ladder. He says, as your responsibilities increase your rights decrease. And actually in that book, I don't even remember which one of his books it is. It has two pyramids. One's the normal pyramid. We look at where you want to climb to the top, the point at the top on that side of the page, I believe it says responsibilities, right? Arrow going up, responsibilities increase. And then on the other one, it's kind of a flipped upside down. It's like your rights though, decrease, for example, legally, you have the right to go drink and get as drunk as you want, as long as you don't drive, right? Whatever. Legally, you can do that as much you want. Could your leader of a company be doing that at all the company parties? No, they right. That makes sense. They, they kind of give, they give up that. So you understand that intuitively, right? As your responsibilities increase, you actually start to give up rights. Once again, upside down pyramid. You 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 have less rights the higher you go. Most people intuitively misunderstand that. They think, well, the higher I go, more power I have, more rights I have. No, no, no. you give up rights. Well, beyond your legal rights, you can't say certain things, you can't do certain things, you can't um, act certain ways, or you lose influence, you lose your leadership. Right? One example, um, another kind of random example out there that somewhat applies to this, and we'll use it later, is who I believe the greatest football coach of all time, Bill Belichick, New England Patriots. Yes sorry for those of you that still are patriot haters and like one year off and here they are back in first place it's almost amazing anyway uh bill belichick greatest football coach of all time he's got a great saying i love it he says like and this is somewhat correlative to what i'm saying i'm just throwing a bunch of stuff at you That this one applies to like where the range is so it'll show up a little bit more later is he says the floor of your advancement is going to be based on your skill Whoa, most of us have that backwards. The floor of your advancement is going to be based on your skill. The ceiling of your advancement is going to be based on your character. That one, you feel that one. The floor is based on skill. The ceiling is based on character. So that kind of points to the range. Speaking of the NFL, let's think about this. It's another upside down pyramid that we ignore. Like the highest level of football you can make is making it to the NFL right that if you ever go read the stats you should google that on like how many people play every year in high school and then how many people play every year how many of those people make it to a college team it's like such a small number comparatively and then of all the college starters how many of them actually make it to the NFL it's a staggering number it's i don't even remember what it was but it's such a small percentage it's mind blowing that's a pyramid however What's the flip side of that? that We don't ever talk about like, say you're a football coach, NFL coach, and you go and you fail. Where do you go from there? Like I just read, you know, about urban Meyer being fired. He went from college to being the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguar, all kinds of issues, all kinds of culture issues, all kinds of personal issues, all kinds of player issues. Where do you go from there? So in some ways, the NFL is actually the bottom. You advance your way to the top and the top is really the bottom because should you fail there, we're talking about advancement, should you fail there, it's the bottom. Do you ever think about that? Think about a CEO that makes it to that spot in an organization and fails There's usually one direction from there. Rarely do we see the person take a step down and stick around a very long time. Usually it's what they're out. And, and certainly they can become a CEO somewhere else. However, just understand that in the real world, the top is the bottom. Like when you make it to the top, like that's, there's not places to go. Peter Principle, one of the greatest, you know, principles of all time, that really is true. Peter Principle says that you're going to basically promote your way to your highest level of incompetence and then quit or be fired. You're going to promote your, your way. All, you're going to keep climbing the ladder until you reach your highest level of incompetence and then quit or be fired. So in other words, you won't stop when you hit your highest level of confidence. You're going to push it one step too far, one rung up the ladder a little bit too far until you hit complete incompetence and then fail your way out. So once again, the closer you get to the top, the closer you're actually to the bottom. It's a little weird. I know I'm just going to keep going, St- stick with me before I freak you out. kind of flip it around. The, the, the bottom of an organizational chart, the, the entry level, so to speak, you could make a case that that actually is where the action's at, right? They're typically closest to the, the, the customer or consumer or client. Aren't they the ones that are going to really represent your organization? Aren't they the ones that are really going to determine the fate? whether it's sales whether it's service whether it's all those things above right isn't the entry level actually the most important they're going to determine how much repeat business you get they're going to determine a lot of your business so that's why we see well organized businesses tend to have a culture they may not they may not put the org chart on paper that way but they tend to have a culture that the entry level is the top of the organization and the executives and everybody else are there to kind of support those folks who are out front. And you see that in very healthy organizations. It's not that the entry level makes all the decisions. It's that all the decision makers or leaders are there to equip the entry level folks to be exceptional at what they do and represent the company, right? They're they're there to clear the path. They're there to to help them stay on track and to train them and to equip them to excel across organization. And then if you're somewhere in the middle of the organization, let's talk about this this promotional advancement issue. Is you could mess up. Think about this. If you're in the middle of an organization, you could mess up and you kind of have space, right? You can go up or down and kind of retrain. It's almost like I hate to keep using sports analogy on you. It's almost like baseball, professional baseball is pretty decent at this, where they have the, you know, the double A, triple A, single A farm clubs. And you see sometimes, whether it's an injury or something, sometimes, or performance, the same team has these other minor league baseball teams, and they can send the player, the pro back down for a little bit and then bring them back up, right? That's almost like middle level, but you don't see them doing that with the coaches. You see that, that at the end, the coach is like, that's it. You're either going laterally to another organization, just like the CEO, or, you know, rarely, or I don't know if ever you'll see like a head coach suddenly become an assistant coach and everything's cool. You don't see that happen. So just understand, I I say all that a little bit to throw a pause out there on, be careful what you're wishing for, be careful what you're chasing, be careful what you're after. Now, breathe. I have to say that all the time on this thing, breathe. Um, So think about that. Why do most of us obsess over climbing the ladder when it might actually be the worst thing for us? Just think about that. Now, of course, there is programming, like I talked about. Western culture is very prevalent in Western culture. It's not actually as prevalent in, in a lot of other cultures. Just so you know, um, there's a there's a huge tendency to attach our value or our you know internal worth measurement to our role or our vocation, what we're doing, our success. And you could easily say, well, Seth, obviously there's more money as I climb ladder. Yeah, that's true. I agree with that. Although one could argue, mathematically, maybe that the start and stop, like if you keep hitting Peter principle and exiting out or keep doing things like that, if I took a five or 10 year snapshot at your income with some of these break points and pauses or steps backwards, the person who was a rung or two underneath you and just consistently bringing an income, they might actually make more over a five or 10 year period. You know, I could argue with that. And in the damage that's done through a start stop, maybe more damaging financially. Then the person that just stays in their role knows it well and crushes it. So we can go on and on about the unspoken dangers. And that's that's kind of why I'm speaking these dangers. They may or may not be relevant to you, yet the my issue is the fact that we don't talk about this enough. There are unspoken dangers in seeking advancement, climbing the ladder, this obsession a lot of us have. So with that, don't exit the conversation. Don't you know? Hopefully, if you're listening to this later in the drive, you're not like. At your destination, and I mess with your head, and then you pause and you forget to come back and listen to the rest. So make sure you listen to the rest of this. Now, this is not to scare anybody into not seeking advancement. Uh, some of you right now, shoot, probably even some of my leaders are like, whoo, I agree. I've been worried. I've been scared. I feel inadequate. I feel like a loser. Now you just gave me permission. Maybe what am I doing with my life? Why am I trying to climb the ladder? Why am I even in this role? I am not giving you permission to step backwards. This is not, this is not permission to step backwards. I'm definitely not giving you permission to step backwards. And I'm definitely not giving you permission to fear a promotion. Just be clear on that. This is about the same thing that I always push for you, which is to question your every word, your every move, your every motivation. Where in your life are you operating on autopilot? Because that's what you're supposed to do. Because and you don't even know why. Where in your life Uh, Is it because it's the blueprint you grew up with? Your parents always said X, Y, Z. So that's just how it is. That might be fine. You might agree with that. The issue is is when, when you operate without that intention. This is all about intention. It's about getting off autopilot. So if you agree with, hey, my parents said this all the time, and this is my belief, and I'm sticking to it consciously now that I think about it, and I know the alternative, and I agree with it, cool. The issue is in life when we operate on autopilot, when it's like, this is how it's supposed to be. And man, I don't even know why I believe that. That's what we were out to break make without making a conscious choice. And quite honestly, most of us are walking around and operate a life without intention. The way we dress, the way we talk, the way we uh, spend, save, obsess over, hate, love, invest, or completely ignore money. The way we make decisions, the way we do dinners at the table or at the sofa, all this programming we never really chose and my goal is to break that for you and one of the deadliest areas of this autopilot is with your career this one my friends is one that you must operate with intention you must operate with intention so this whole point of this podcast is not to speak ill of advancement and promotion hopefully you get that now it's to speak ill of operating an autopilot with your career and potentially doing significant damage to you, to your organization, to your work team, uh, because of that. Bear with me as we go through some of these steps. This is to get into the brutal reality. Here's my formula. First of all, I'm going to give you two formulas. The first formula is, okay, how do I know, Seth? How do I know? Am I chasing? Am I not chasing? Here it is. One, two, three. Number one, get into brutal reality. Always the first step of success is some form of awareness. Always, 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 always. Get into the brutal reality before you seek information and knowledge and how and what should I do? Get into the brutal reality. What's the brutal reality? It's I really admit it. I face it. I'm I'm clear what's really pulling or pushing you if you have that inside of you. By the way, this same, I could have easily just called this. Why are you avoiding advancement? Because there's a whole percentage of people that are avoiding advancement. I just did. Why are you chasing advancement? Because, you know, it rings better for a lot of people. So the point is not avoid advancement or, or run towards advancement. It's be intentional either way. So step one, get into brutal reality. What's really pulling or pushing you. Why do you think the way you think about advancement, about promotion or about not advancing or not promoting? Why do you believe what you believe Write down? what you really think and what you believe about the subject. Well, I believe I shouldn't take another job until I've really proven out my, that's a belief. I believe that I got to earn it. I believe it should be given to me. All those are different beliefs. Just write down what you really believe, what you really think on this topic of promotion, advancement, what makes me ready, what makes me not ready, write all that down. And I want you to ask the brutal reality question, where did that come from? Like all those beliefs, when you see them on paper, where did that come from? And the scary part is when you can't even answer that. I don't even know where that came from. And then the final question is like, did you choose it? Or it's like, hey, I believe that because I saw this happen or I witnessed this or I trained on this and knowing what I know about all the other alternative possible beliefs. I'm sticking with that one. Cool. That's intention. What I want you to catch is the ones that are like, I don't even know why I believe that. I don't even think I agree with it if I stop and told myself the truth. I don't even know if that serves me anymore. That's what I'm looking for. And it could be, like I said, about going up or going or avoiding going up. Number two, now, once you get into Brew reality, go to decide your destination. And I talk a lot about deciding your destination. It could be an entire and will be an entire podcast of itself. I'll give you the shortcut is your life. I'm going to, I'll give it to you in a easier context and even through my own story is I remember a long time I, I set goals based on what I would call doing and having, uh, you know, this idea like, um, okay, I want to have a boat one day. That was never one of my goals. So I'll use the example. I want to have a boat one day, you know, here's what I need to do to be able to go buy a boat, go do this, go make this much money or go save this much money or do all these things. And it's doing, having, doing, having, doing, and having, that's not really a destination. And it's not a life that ends up being super fulfilling, right? How many times have you gotten what you wanted? And you know that, the high of that wears off pretty quick, doesn't it? It's pretty empty a lot of times. And there's something else that you want to do or have. Uh, what really happened for me that made a huge difference is when I changed my life to being and becoming. I'm a fan. I set goals of, of doing and having. That's cool. The overriding goals in my life are about being and becoming. Who would I like to become? As a husband, as a leader, as a investor, as a father, as a Christian, as a brother, as a son, like who would I like to become in all these categories? As a friend, and who am I being now? So when you when you that was transformative for me, is changing my life to being and becoming and I actually write it out like paragraphs of like who I am becoming. And then get in the and tie into the reality of who I'm being now. And I say that, I don't think I went airy fairy on you. a hundred percent the reason why you're struggling. if you have any kind of resonation with this topic of like, man, I know I'm avoiding advancement or I have all this weird stuff in my head about advancement or guilt, or I think I'm not good enough, imposter syndrome, and maybe I'm going too far and I don't know if I'm if I'm freaking out a little bit in any way or form, it's right there. It's because you probably, or haven't done this being and becoming. And then when you link that with this blueprint that may or may not have been just given to you that you just took on, like we all do, somebody else's life, somebody else's belief, somebody else's way of doing things or advancing or not advancing, man, you see, that's a recipe for going crazy. It's like, I don't know who I'd like to become. I don't know who I am being. And I'm operating on somebody else's blueprint that I don't really care about when I think about it at the end of the day. You go far enough on that. You're like, holy moly, I don't even know what I'm living. Like, I don't even know what this is all about, right? And maybe that's midlife crisis and you just buy a portion, you'll be fine. No, I'm just kidding, don't do that. Step three. So number one is get into a brutal reality. Step two, decide your destination. Don't, this is not a goal setting thing. It's just like being becoming. Oh, let me give you one step on that real quick on decide your destination. So you, being becoming, the other little tidbit I have for you on shortcut, when you get into that, who I'd like to become in all these categories and who am I being on the, who I'd like to become, do your best to unlink from the traumas of today is the way I'd put it. I know that's easy to say, hard to do. In other words, I'll give you a, a tangible example. A lot of times when I talk to somebody about like, when it comes to you know financial strength in your future or financial wealth, like what kind of person are you? And the person says, not this, not somebody who struggles paying their bills, not somebody who's trying to make ends meet, not somebody who's in deep debt. What are they coming from? They're coming from the anchor. They're, they're still connected to the trauma today. And all they're simply saying is, I'm going to become not this. That's not how life works. You, you can't tell your brain and your spirit to become not something. It needs to become something. Does that make sense? You need a replacement. So, Identify the positive replacement. And it's easy to look for like the not words inside your becoming. Like not somebody who is treated this way or not somebody who talks to people that way. Don't put the negative, put the positive. Don't put, I lose 50 pounds, put I weigh this. So step one, get into reality. Step two, decide your destination. Step three, find the best environment for that. Another big one, easy whole conversation best environment for that a lot of times people think like oh opportunity uh, advancement the leader culture yes 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 and yes it's all those it's summed up in people places and things what's the best environment people places and things that line up with that people places and things it that's it you know it i don't have to explain it i could you know it in your heart people places, and things are these the people is that the place Are they talking about the things that line up with who I'm becoming? People, places, things. And you also know which ones need to go on being becoming. People, places. You know it as soon as I say it. So we'll leave it at that. Now, let's say you do that exercise and you get clear. All right, I'm clear. And by the way, when you come out of this clarity, I think you're probably going to want advancement. I actually believe that. I don't think you're going to talk yourself down from it, even though I kind of sucked you in with the, dangers of advancement so let's say you're clear now you're clear on how far up the ladder you want to climb and that's going to be related somewhat to your destination being becoming you'll you'll hopefully be able to maybe not with great precision but kind of guesstimate all right that probably puts me at the middle of the ladder at the top of the ladder um, at the bottom of the ladder wherever you get a feeling for where what's the environment and where's my contribution that I'm going to be able to be that person and, and express it at the highest level. Give yourself permission to change on this, by the way. So it's, this is not like a, man, I know by the end of my life, this is how far I'm going to climb the ladder and that's it, I'm out. It's not a final decision. This is not about making a final decision. It's not even about making a goal. What's it about? It's about intentionality in your decision. It's about getting off autopilot. That's all this is about. And when you get the habit and you can change this all the time, the point is be intentional. Now, let's say that you've done that. You've gotten clarity. You're now like this hardwired machine of intention and you are like looking for autopilot everywhere and you will no longer live that way. Now, let me give you three steps on advancement with intentionality. Are you ready? So here's the three steps. Once you have this, here's my formula my formula on advancement with intentionality. Number one, check your motivation. And again, that's a big picture thing. I'm going to go deeper. When I think of motivation, the best analogy I can come up with is fuel. Like what's the gasoline that's powering? Is it, you know, there's all kinds of different gasoline, rocket fuel, uh, diesel, whatever. What's your gasoline? Is it pain? Is it trauma? Is it proving, I'm worth something or is it contribution or I uh, want to help the children because I watch children starve? Is it because I want to help you know battered spouses because I was a battered spouse and I was scared? Like what is your gasoline? like what's your motivation for that advancement? Now so they take it a step further than just like my life's motivation. How do you channel your life's motivation into your vocation? By the way, right here, most human beings are operating on a pain-driven motivation, a point to prove, prove mom or dad wrong or right, or earn the respect or hide or whatever. Like if I'm not advancing, then I'm hiding because I'm really succumbed to the belief that the parent who told me I was worthless, never amount to anything, was right. I'm just going to prove them right. So now just check your motivation. And as you channel that into the first exercise of this is a, this is kind of who I'm becoming this I'm clear, And now does my gasoline line up with that in, in my being and becoming the motivation that drives me? Does it line up with that? And if, and if you're operating on pain, that's fine. A lot of very successful people that are still with a point to prove the challenges is you probably never prove the point. And what happens when you get successful enough, you tend to see them flame out. You tend to see them lose motivation because, like, okay, it's an endless cycle, right? Contribution tends to go much, much further. So, number one, check your motivation. And the reason why you do that, by the way, more than anything, and first is because it's gonna be hard. Like I had a Elon Musk quote behind me yesterday that was like, what did he say about entrepreneurs? Is it like, it's like walking on shards of glass and then something i don't know eating it or something like that's what being an entrepreneur is what do they say jokes about entrepreneurs like you quit your 40 hour a week job and work 80 hours for free just so you don't have a boss for 40 hours or something like that you know it's it's hard i mean whatever it is like or even inside an organization climbing the ladder is hard motivation is all you're going to end up having on some nights when you feel like you're terrible you're Ruining everything. You failed miserably. This is never gonna work, man. There's many nights that all you have to hang on to is those kids that are hungry, or those spouses that were abused, or whatever your fuel is to get you through. And if the fuel is, man, I want to make a bunch of money. I've heard that one so many times. That ain't gonna make it through a rough night. There's gonna be a night where that one doesn't doesn't pull you, because inside your brain is saying, dude, you got enough money. You're not starving. And you'll let up you'll give up however if your brain's like dude you can't give up what about the kids what about the spouses what about the mission what about your kids you'll make it through that night and know you just got to make it through that night and then the next one so number one check your motivation what's your gasoline number two big one check your skills vocational skills and along with that your desire and your time to improve them so check your skills and your desire and your time to improve them? What are my skills? What's my true desire? And what is the time I'm willing to commit to improve them? I'm not ready. You know, I hear loudest, I'm not ready for this promotion. Are you sure? What would it take for you to be ready? Um, this is one of those ones, and I've talked about it before, where it's the unanswerable question, like, am I good enough to do this next job? Am I good enough for this promotion? There's no, I don't know many high achievers that ever say, Yeah, I feel like I'm really good. They well I would say that like when we're trying to get the promotion, like, hey, I'm ready, I'm the one, da-da-da. And like, okay, you got the promotion. Then you go home and you freak out. Like, oh my gosh, they completely believe me. I don't even believe me. Holy moly, I don't even know what the heck I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be a miserable failure right in front of everything. It's gonna be so public, it's gonna be so embarrassing. I'm panicked. I'm imposter, right? That's the imposter syndrome. So either way, the point is, and I'll say like, that's an unanswerable question. i not even ask yourself if you're good enough. You couldn't quite, you don't know if you're ready. You don't know if you have what it takes. You don't know what it's going to take. You haven't done it yet. So you couldn't even answer the question. Why even bother? The whole point of that is if you're in emotion trying to answer that, how good are my skills? How good am I? It's a, it's impossible. Go to evidence. So that's why I say on this one, throw all the emotion out, all the opinion out. And it's like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into accounting. It's multi-location accounting. What skills are needed to do that? Like go back to like evidential hard skills. I'm going to be a salesperson. I'm going to be a recruiter. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a nurse. Be, and, and just like what skills need that? Throw all the emotion out. This is a pure evidential one. What are my skills? What's my desire and my time to improve them? So if I'm not, if I don't yet have the full skills, am I willing to commit to night school? Am I willing to commit to five hours a week? Am I willing to commit to go to seminars? Am I willing to commit to get on the job training? Am I willing to commit to raise the skills? You'll never feel ready. It's not about confidence. It's not about any of that stuff. The funny thing is, is most people just go emotional on this. And the higher you go, the the weird thing is people at the entry level are way more evidential. Like, oh, to go to the next job, I need to learn these skills. And then something happens when you get up higher in leadership. Man, it might be all eyes are on me. I don't know what it is, but like, we don't ever want to talk about that. Like, it's so weird that an executive won't say, Hey, by the way, I don't know how to read a P&L. All financial skills are pretty weak, and I'm getting ready to be in charge of a department. Somehow that's embarrassing. But yeah, the entry level person will be like, Dude, I don't know how to use that system. I don't know how to do that. Can you train me? And it's it's normal. It's just something weird. It's all emotion and pride and whatnot. And the funny part is, even those who operate in emotion, you'll still see them advance forward. And if we reverse engineer and ask them what it was, they'll actually still give an emotional answer. It was like confidence in themselves to get unstuck. And so I think if you're going to have emotion, stick with that. In other words, it is, hey, here I'm clear on what skills I probably need to learn, where my fear resides. All you got to ask yourself is, do I have enough confidence in myself that I'll get unstuck quickly? So when I hit the wall and I'm not sure if I know what to do, will I get unstuck quickly? What's the fastest way to get unstuck when you don't know what you're doing? Somebody say, ask for help. It, it's that. So it's it, it'll be the pride that gets in the way, which takes us right to number three of the three steps. So after you've checked your motivation, you've checked your skill, your desire, your time to improve them then check your relational skills and your desire and time commitment to improve those. So here it is. We're back to as your responsibilities increase, your rights decrease. Do you really need to be able to work with that person? You know who I'm thinking about that person. Yes. If you go high enough in the company, you do. Do you need to go all in on personal development and go to all these seminars and learn all this mindset stuff and constantly be trying to work on yourself? Yes. At some level you will if you choose to go high enough. At some level you won't. No. You want to stay at the entry level? Do you need to, be able to work with that person? Well, if they're your boss, yeah. Otherwise, no, I don't know. Like at some level though, yes. Do you need to go personal development mindset? Yes. Do you need to have different styles of responding to people? Like, do I got it? Do I have to give up the that's just how I am? I tell it like it is. I just speak my truth. i I don't hold back, I don't filter, like that's just who I am. Do I need to give that up? Isn't that phony? Do I need to give that up? Yes, at some level you will, in the right meeting you will, because it's not inauthentic, it's a lack of influence. You lose the room, you lose the influence, people label you, is that right or wrong? Doesn't matter, it weakens your leadership. Do I need to change my style? Do I need to understand different ways to speak to people? If I'm impatient, do I have to be patient with these people? Yes. At some level you do. If you go high enough. I don't like to fire people. That's really uncomfortable. Do I really got to go do that? Do I really got to have that? Yes. <laughs> if you choose to go high enough. So check your relational skills, your inner skills, your soft skills, at and your desire and time to improve them. So the funny part is, if you go back to the, the fear-based, advancement of, and I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know if I have what it takes. Da, da, da. And you hear me come along and say, it doesn't matter. The only question is, are you clear on what it would take? And are you willing to do that? Are you willing to learn that? And it will be vocational skills, evidential hard skills. Do you know accounting? Do you know this? Do you know that Do you know that software? I'm bad with technology. So I'm just gonna okay, that won't go so far nowadays. And then um, your gaps in relational skills. The funny part is, as you go higher, hard skills, the vocational skills, people, like I said, hide those. There's some weird embarrassment. And they actually speak more about relational skills. And then on the, on the earlier spectrum of the, the latter, closer to the entry level, it's almost the opposite. You speak more fluently about hard skills and you admit those. Like, oh, I just need to learn that. I need to learn that and get certified in that. And then relational skills, somehow there's the stigma of like, oh, if I have to adjust me, I'm a bad person. I'm made wrong, right? So there's a whole nother issue with that. And the truth is, we all need to improve our hard skills and our soft skills, all of us. And if we just got to that point of like, yeah, sometimes I'm a jerk. Yeah, I don't know how to read financials. And you just threw that out there. The universe is going to come alongside and help you and appreciate your authenticity. So number one, check your motivation. What's your fuel? Because it's going to be hard. What's going to get you through the night? Contribution is going to be the strongest. Number two, check your skills and your desire and your time to improve them. Remember, all these are after you got clarity. And number three, be real. Check your relational skills in your desire and time to improve them. So here you go. I don't have the desire. I refuse to work with these type of people I refuse to bite my tongue at the proper times because I don't believe that's what you should do okay cool stay with that belief don't go higher or go high enough where that's okay there's no right or wrong there the issue is autopilot so be super intentional be super clear and then check your willingness because even if you don't have the skill you can get the skill That's easier. And ultimately understand this. I'll finish with this. The most valuable, most deadly, most loved, most productive, most admired person in the organization, always, you can trace it back to the person who's clear on where they fit, why they fit there, and they just crush that, whatever it is they could be at the top they could be at the entry level they could be in the middle that's irrelevant it's the person who's there by intention and stays there by intention it's the person who moves up with intention it's the person who doesn't move up with intention either way that's the deadly person most powerful or it's it's the bible verse bible story that i hold on to when it comes to work and vocation kind of purpose and and a lot of what we're talking about it's parable of the talents it's the one i i'll hold on to i'll read it to you real quick this is matthew 25 14 to 30 and i i found the contemporary english version so i didn't i'm not going to king james you and thou art this you know i won't do that to you so it's story three servants of kingdom is also like what happened when a man went away and put his three servants in charge of all he owned here's what the part i missed the first thousand times i read this this next sentence the Man knew what each servant could do. I'm asking you to do that, so he handed 5,000 coins to the first servant, 2,000 to the second servant, and 1,000 third. By the way, we don't all get the same level of gifts. Sorry, that's how it is. And you got to ask yourself, like, what country am I in? What organization am I in? What time of age am I in? How's the rest of the world right now? And there is not a person who hears my voice that could say, You didn't get the lion's share you did not get it you you, i'm sorry you got the lion's share you didn't get the 1000 you got the 5000 if you're hearing this you have the technology to hear this you're in the 98th percent of the richest wealthiest most opportune connected people on the planet that's you so this this is what keeps me going what drives me i know how much was given to me so the master gave to each as was their capacity, their talent. As soon as the man had gone, servant with 5,000 coins, used them to earn 5,000 more. Servant who had 2,000 coins, did the same with his money, earned 2,000 more. Servant with 1,000 coins, dug a hole and hid his master's money in the ground. That's the person that's scared, scared to put it out there, scared to use what was given to them. Sometime later, the master of the service returned. He called him in and asked them what they had done with his money. The servant who had been given 5,000 coins brought in with 5,000 more that he earned. He said, sir, you gave me 5,000 coins and I've earned 5,000 more. Wonderful, his master replied. You're a good and faithful servant. I left you in charge. Hear this. It's you. I left you in charge with only a little, but now I put you in charge of much more. Come and share my happiness. Next servant had been given 2,000 coins. Came in and said, sir, you give me 2,000 coins. I've earned 2,000 more. Wonderful, as much replied. you are a good and faithful servant. I left you in charge of only a little, but now I will put you in charge of much more. Come and share my happiness. For some of us, it's this. The servant who only get get 1,000 coins. Came in and said, except it's like we got 5,000 coins and we did this. Sir, I know that you're hard to get along with. Harvest what you don't plan. Gather crops you don't have scattered seed. I was frightened. I was frightened. I was frightened. I was frightened. And I went out and hid your money in the ground. So here's every single coin back. The master of the servant told him, You are lazy, good for nothing. You know that a harvest, what I don't plant, gather crops, five, and scatter seed. You could have at least put money in the bank so I could have earned interest on it. Then the master said, Now your money will be taken away and given to the servant with 10,000 coins. Everyone who has something will be given more and they'll have more than enough, but everything will be taken away from those who don't have anything. You're a worthless servant. This is tough. You're a worthless servant. you will be thrown in the darkness for people crying, grit their teeth in pain. The point is you've been given a lot. Don't operate in fear. Don't operate on programming. Move to intention, move to being and becoming, be the highest version of yourself and go forth and multiply, expand it, put it out there. You're here for a reason. Don't Peter principle yourself because that was a, had nothing to do with the fact that you can't go all the way to the top. It had to do with you tried to go too high without admitting what skill you needed to improve or what relational skill you needed to improve. And you let fear ultimately drive you. Y'all know in your heart, get clear on where you're going to go as clear as you can go. And by the way, I think it can be as high as you can possibly imagine and higher. The point is be intentional, take a good inventory of your hard skills, your soft skills, and what really, really is the driving force underneath all that you're doing. And as you walk into 2022, I know that you can be the highest version of yourself. And I know that you'll walk away from this fear and you will live with massive, massive intention. And you're going to change a lot of lives, which is what we're all about here. So with that, I thank you. I love you. I have a thank you for an awesome 2021. We will come back together again on the other side of 2022. And I know you're going to be a fearless machine of multiplying what's been given to you in your time, talents, and treasures. Love you all. Thanks.